Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now. Welcome to NapaBroadcasting.com. Washington today is certainly a cacophony of noise, of fear, of recalibration. As today's New York Times points out, we're in an administration and a presidency like no other. There's no model for what we're going through today. And for Democrats, the wounds are still raw and the lessons still being learned. We're going to talk about all of this today as I'm joined by Congressman Mike Thompson. Mike, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, good morning, Jeff. It's good to be with you. It's great to have you here. Talk a little bit, first of all, from the Democratic perspective. Yesterday, a leadership vote and, and not the inside baseball part of it. But really, it was about, in large measure, where the Democrats go from here and and what are the lessons that the party needs to learn from this election. Talk a little bit about that part of it. Well, I I think there's two parts to that, Jeff. Uh, Clearly, the issue, where do the Democrats go from here, is uh, not only a a question to ponder now, uh, but uh, the same question after the last election, and it'll be the same question between this election and the next election. Uh, so that certainly played into, uh, in, into part of the uh, uh, leadership elections. The, the other thing was uh, there was some you know, personal ambition issues uh, playing into that election a- as well. Uh, one of the problems in the Democratic caucus is uh, there's 198 of us, and uh, we have uh, not enough uh, uh, seats to go around. So there's a lot of young people, ambitious people, uh, who want to do more in Congress, have more responsibility uh, and, and more uh, 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 more power in Congress. And when you're in the minority, uh, that just doesn't happen. Uh, so a lot of think what you saw in the leadership uh, uh, election was younger members eager to move up. Uh, you saw a lot of personal ambition uh, play up play out, you know, looking for something else to do, uh, more responsibility, uh, uh, more, uh, more meaningful uh, work to, uh, to, uh, to, to do. So uh, while we're uh, trying to wrestle with that, we'll also uh, be wrestling with, you know, where we go from here. And uh, as you point out, uh, folks will be trying to figure out all of the particulars, you know, for, uh, for quite some time. Uh, you know, people looked at, uh, you know, why did the Democrats lose this election? It, it was a surprise, and it wasn't a surprise uh, just to Democrats. It was a surprise to everyone. I know that uh, this morning uh, I was uh, working out with uh, in the gym with the speaker, Paul Ryan, and uh, he told me that uh, had uh, I been willing to bet with him the day before the election on the outcome, uh, he would have he would have lost everything because uh, he he said that they had a meeting uh, just the day before, and all of the so-called experts uh, told him that uh, Trump wouldn't get more than uh, 230 electoral votes. The uh, Senate would flip to the Democrats, but don't worry, the House will stay in Republican control, although you're going to lose a bunch of seats. So uh, everybody had it wrong, from the uh, media uh, to the talking heads, to the Democrats, to the Republicans. And I think it's going to take a while to uh, unwind it all and figure out exactly uh, what went wrong and, 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 and how it went wrong. We know that there's uh, a lot of people uh, across the country, uh, particularly in the Rust Belt states, uh, who were very, very frustrated 
and I think uh, they voted their frustration. And you know that uh, uh, that uh, uh, that could account for the electoral votes of uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania alone. And among Democrats, is there a sense of being energized now for the battle ahead, or really still dispirited from the election? I, I think that I think you probably it probably runs the spectrum. You know, you have some people who I think are uh, over anxious to do battle. Uh, and as you know, you've heard me say before, uh, as as this new administration comes in, if there are in fact issues that we can work together on, we should do that. You know, the uh, Trump administration has said one of the things they want to do is uh, infrastructure investment, and it's been something, as you know, uh, I've worked on for a long, long time. And uh, there's plenty of uh, plenty of projects, uh, much need uh, in regard to infrastructure investment, not only in our district but across the country. Now it's going to depend upon uh, how that infrastructure uh, investment looks. Some of the uh, early uh, uh, talk from administration folks is that uh, it's going to be done in a way uh, that is not uh, fiscally responsible and uh, not fiscally prudent. And if that's the case, you know, you, you know, you fight it. Uh, we know from some of his early nominations, uh, take, for example, the Director of Health and Human Services, uh, that, uh, that nomination was a declaration of war mm-hmm. on a number of things that are important to uh, me and, and more important the people that I represent, uh, from a, a woman's uh, uh, health care uh, needs and, and, and rights uh, to uh, Medicare. You know, you've got a, a health and human service director, a uh, potential uh, director, uh, who is uh, against uh, Medicare and uh, against everything in the Affordable Care Act, even the things that people are overwhelmingly uh, supportive of, like allowing your children to stay on your policy uh, up through their 26th birthday, uh, or the uh, prohibition on discrimination against people with pre-existing conditions. So I suspect there's going to be, you know, some major, uh, uh, some major uh, uh, battles being done on on uh, on a lot of a lot of issues that come before Congress. And I guess the question is, in terms of those major battles, are Democrats going to take the same posture that Republicans did from day one of the Obama administration, which was simply to oppose everything? Well, I hope not, and that's why I, I tried to lay out the, uh, the, uh, in, the in regard to the area of, of uh, transportation infrastructure. Uh, I, I don't think that's I, – I didn't think it was appropriate when the Republicans did that for eight years, and, you know, you've heard me talk about it and, and how uh, harmful it was to uh, our country uh, and to all the districts in our, in our country, and I don't think we should, uh, we should adopt that model because it would be – Every bit is harmful. Talk a little bit about your early reaction, and albeit it is early, but you know people are developing a sense of this, to some of the national security concerns and some of the appointees that are being talked about for this incoming administration. Well, I, I know and uh, serve on the Intelligence Committee with the new CIA director, and uh, I, I, don't, I can't say that you know, we agree on everything, but uh, he's somebody that I uh, respect and like. Uh, he's uh, uh, a West Point graduate. Uh, as I say, he was on the Intelligence Committee. I served with him, I think, for four years before uh, my uh, tenure uh, ran out. And uh, I think he, he's a good guy. 
Uh, I'm concerned about uh, some of the other names that have been floated. Uh, we, we don't need hotheads, uh, and we don't need people who uh, the first option is, uh, is uh, going to war, deploying troops, and pushing buttons. Uh, we need uh, seasoned professionals uh, who understand the importance of relationships uh, with other countries, somebody who will conduct themselves in a, a responsible, uh, professional manner. So uh, I, I think it's something that we should uh, be concerned with, and uh, we should uh, work to make sure that uh, we get the, uh, uh, the right people for the right job. What are your greatest personal concerns, putting some of these party issues aside for the moment? What are your personal concerns about the incoming administration? Uh, I'm r- real concerned about uh, the impact it's having on people uh, throughout our district and uh, across the country. I, I can't tell you uh, how many people I've heard from, uh, from not only our district, but uh, friends, acquaintances uh, from other parts of the country who are very, very worried. Uh, I got a text message yesterday from uh, an acquaintance of mine uh, in Michigan who um, I, I think he's a Republican. Uh, we've never talked a lot of politics before, but uh, he said he's never been this scared uh, since the Cold War days. And uh, that worries me. Uh, I'm I'm worried when I have uh, I had a, a high school friend of mine call the other day and said that uh, she had a friend who was verbally abused uh, in Santa Rosa uh, and was told that uh, get used to it. The uh, new president said it's okay. And uh, we had just a slew of uh, very very uh, horrific. Uh, threats come into the NAACP office uh, in Vallejo in our district. Uh, that bothers me a lot. It bothers me that uh, there's a, a, a bigger divide uh, in our country. The divide's already big enough. Uh, my, my concern is the campaign that was run uh, gave license uh, for, uh, for some people uh, to uh, you know, come out of their hole or come out from underneath their rock. And, uh, and that bothers me, uh, bothers me a great deal. It's interesting, in, in the leadership battle yesterday, one of the statistics that I heard is that of the 198 Democratic members of, of Congress right now, 20% are from California. Talk a little bit about that, being part of that, and really the disconnect of California from seemingly the rest of the country right now. Well, we have a big delegation in California. Uh, we're, we're a big state. And as you know, uh, the number of seats uh, are determined by the, the number of people uh, in, in an area. Uh, we had a discussion in our, uh, we had some, we're having some uh, other elections. We had uh, one today uh, in, our, in our caucus and uh, voted on some new house rules. And uh, one of the members was talking about the uh, Rust Belt region where, where she was from. And how she was, uh, she named three states in the region uh, that she had, in, she was anticipating would lose a seat in the next uh, in the next uh, census. So uh, it's always a, a, a an issue with folks. That uh, I know that uh, in another race that I was involved in in uh, this current Congress, uh, I had somebody tell me that uh, there for anybody uh, but a Californian. That there's already too many Californians. <laughs> So it, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it, while it's good for California, it can rub people uh, the wrong way. Uh, we've, uh, we just avoided a race today uh, in the Ways and Means Committee where a California member 
uh, my California colleague, on one of my California colleagues in Ways and Means. There's three of us. We have three members from California on uh, what is uh, the most important committee in the House. Uh, myself, Javier Becerra, and Linda Sanchez. And uh, Javier Becerra was running uh, for ranking member of that committee, which is the top Democrat, uh, against a Massachusetts uh, member. And uh, in, in, the, uh, in the lead up to the election, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, great, another Californian is going to be in charge of something. And as I say, that was avoided when uh, the governor came out today and announced that uh, he was going to appoint Javier Becerra uh, to fill the uh, AG position in the state of California. Talk a little bit about what might or might not get done in this lame duck session that's uh, happening now. Oh, I don't think too much is going to get done. Uh, I had a bill passed yesterday that was part of the uh, 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 Cures Act, a big health care bill that we've been working on for a long time, and my bill was included on it, uh, which is a, a, a bill that uh, allows reimbursement uh, for uh, health care uh, needs for employees in companies that have less than 50 uh, employees. Uh, so that was, from my perspective, that was uh, a big deal. And for small businesses across the country, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, but you're not going to see a lot more done. Uh, we're going to pass a funding bill next week uh, and then adjourn until we come back for inauguration. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about what... And when I say a funding bill, yeah. it's going to be bare bones. It's just going to be an extension, I think, until March. Mm-hmm. What do you see as some of the first battles that are going to be happening after the inauguration? Well, I suspect that uh, it's going to be in the area of uh, health care. Uh, you know, this, this uh, president-elect uh, ran a campaign that he would repeal uh, the Affordable Care Act, and I think they're going to try and do that. I think you see a repeal of uh, some immigration issues, uh, and, you know, that gets back to what I mentioned to you earlier about people in our district and across the country who are afraid uh, you know, uh, specifically the, the, the dreamers, uh, the, the young people who are here and uh, were brought here as young babies and uh, have, been, have grown up, you know, right next door, right down the street. Uh, and uh, uh, they're, they're fearful that uh, their uh, status could uh, change uh, overnight. Uh, you're going to see uh, an area that's, uh, that's near and dear to me because something that I've been working on is, is uh, on the gun violence prevention. I think you'll you'll see where um, this administration uh, repeals a number of the uh, president's uh, administrative work on trying to make uh, uh, guns uh, uh, keep trying to keep guns out of the hands of the of bad people. Uh, in from a district perspective, I think we're going to be looking at some huge problems in regard to water diversions from uh, the Delta, north of the Delta, to agricultural interests uh, south of the Delta. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one that I think is, is very, very important, and that's the whole issue of climate change and uh, what we do about that. Uh, you know, we've got a president-elect who uh, stated that um, he believed climate change was a hoax when uh, every scientist in the world, uh, in, including our military and our uh, on our intelligence community, have been working overtime trying to figure out how we get in front of it. Finally, we talked before about uh, Democrats being energized or dispirited. It, it's got to be, from, from a personal perspective, putting politics sort of aside for a moment, 
difficult to, to show up for work every day and trying to do the people's business and know that there are so many battles on so many fronts that have to be fought. Well, the showing up for work part, uh, I haven't been discouraged. I still, <laughs> you know, I, I know there's a lot of work to be done and I'm going to do everything I can uh, for our district and for our country. Uh, it's, it's probably more disappointing when you're uh, not in, uh, on the on the battlefield and you're instead talking to your friends and your family and uh, having to uh, explain to people that we've got uh, we've got to get involved. We've got to we've got to rise to this challenge. Congressman Mike Thompson, I thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Much appreciated. All right, Jeff. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.